When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two barchies and a bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Okay, so it is a finale pod. We have two to cover, which is Nancy Drew and Riverdale. We're going to start off with our last journey into Horseshoe Bay, which many of you know after episode 12 of season four. We fell off a cliff with the show, but, you know, we, we watched the series finale. We have thoughts. Personally, the, the boat was docked. That's all they had to do. And they accomplished it. And that's where I am on the series finale of Nancy <laughs> Drew. <laughs> they did what they needed to do and they got there. I mean, like, I know we all have thoughts and we'll all get into it, but, um, yeah, the finale had a lot to do, both serving as a season finale and a series finale. I feel like one end of that was far more successful than the other. And uh, I'll tell you what I mean later on. But as far as a finale does, it had a lot to do. It just about accomplished that. Um, I can't believe we've reached the end of her Nancy journey. Yeah. Yeah, mixed feelings about the finale. I'll stop rambling because we've a lot to get through. So, yeah, that's my two cents so far. <laughs> Mm -hmm. mixed feelings yeah I I guess we could we could start with um how the boat was docked uh I think quickly you know it it was uh and I guess that is what (laughs) (laughs) it was was docked quickly but which makes sense since it is a series finale typically they are split in 30 to 40 minutes of the, the series finale is the wrap up of the main season storyline. And then you get what happens to everybody else in the last 20 or so minutes of it. But uh, they did a lot in the short amount of time that they had with for this to be like a 43 minute episode. We got through goodness, uh, whether or not Nancy and Tristan were soulmates, uh, the last bit of Callie's nonsense, uh, and the beginnings of Nancy and Ace within 20 minutes. Like the ferret that went missing this season, the script was chunky. (laughs) 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 A lot going on, a lot on the burners. (laughs) Speaking of chunky... He is living his best life away from apparently the people who love him because he's still free. Independent ferret, love that for him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why we had that plot thread. Like it was Nancy Drew's first like official investigation, and it was unsuccessful. Um, We should have had a reference to Chunky. I'm sorry, Um, but yeah, no. In in my opinion, kind of too much going on in the finale. 
um like where it even began should we begin with the the evil gas that made everybody remember things that wasn't specific to them the mob yeah it was all over the place right because so like you have one you have a mob who was possessed by spirits radicalized yes mm-hmm. radicalized mob passed the spirits from centuries ago but then you have some people who literally are just enacting their internal fears they've been suppressing by stealing things a silly goofy time yes <laughs> it's just and then the way the smoke travels i was like okay do we need coverage or not because tristan was out here looking like a western cowboy <laughs> at, at one point but then um red Ryan and Carson were just maskless out in the air. And then Red, no, Carson and Red got hit with the gas from, I don't even know where it came from, something near the flower shop. And they had a funny, goofy time stealing things. I didn't, I didn't understand. It was mass chaos in Horseshoe Bay. No questions yeah. were asked. It was like, which flavor am I going to get? Or are you going to be the fun one? Or are you going to be the dangerous one? I do want to say a little bit about that. I They set up that cliffhanger so well. I think that was one of the only things I really enjoyed about last week's episode, even though we didn't really understand it. But the stakes never really felt that high because even though the mob was going around the town, shouting burn the witch and the people were looting and everything, it was all kind of played for laughs because Carson, Ryan and Red were sitting there having a full scale conversation while all these people were violent around them. And it never really felt like something that needed to be taken seriously. And then, of course, Carson and Red got infected and they were having the time of their lives acting like kids. And it just it, and between the whole the fact that the burn the mob, burn the witch mob they never felt like real threats either. I don't know. It was coo- it was cool visually. It was great. I love it when they can use the town, use the characters, because the longer these shows goes on, the, the more interior shots we tend to get. So I love it when you can see things like that. The stakes feel big. But I just thought that kind of never felt like it carried the gravity it needed to, especially because the whole season was all about the town finding out about its history of sins. Well, it technically found out, and all we got was a lot of cartoonish people. It, you know what I mean? I don't think that ever really lined up for me. Mm-mm. It, it looked like it was probably fun to act and to shoot mm-hmm. though like it just looked like a good old nonsense time uh but the gas went away like i part of me kind of likes how they needed to get rid of it even though the supernatural lore was not luring i checked out i was like you know what you say that's what tristan has to do sure his soul can just supernova over the town and disrupt everything and get rid of this gas fine like uh, i accept it like look it's the last episode i'm not trying to explain uh, understand things (laughs) (laughs) time is up (laughs) that's fine but that that journey was interesting you know but it was an interesting journey to go on it felt like for tristan the completion of that arc for him works because he had been used for all of his life and now he gets to be a hero and um he and he, he did the thing and unfortunately the thing also included one last go of trauma for nancy because uh, we couldn't get out of this this series without her having to deal with yet more um issues from the past uh with her being i'm um, sorry i don't remember the man's name but whoever it was who created the sin eater uh august pritchard yes because this, her and tristan are not soulmates they're tied by um, centuries long hatred which okay <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that, really, that really weighed heavily on nancy and i feel like if i found out like 
a soul in my past life that I have no memory of or connection to did that, I would have been like, it's not, I didn't do it. <laughs> not me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and also on that note, I'm not saying reincarnation is real or reincarnation isn't real, but like usually when you go into an area like that, you, you, you on a show, you need to kind of explain why it exists. Am I crazy or did the concept of reincarnation just come out of nowhere? Like we haven't talked about that in like explicit detail in Nancy before. And suddenly now Nancy Drew, who was a normal detective a year ago, again, a year ago, um, with not, not nothing crazy going on in Horseshoe Bay outside the typical murder mystery. And now suddenly everybody accepts reincarnation drill. No one asks any questions. And suddenly Nancy's weighed down by the fact that she was her soul was previously an evil person. You see why the finale was a lot to take on. Yeah, it did, at least for me, come out of nowhere just in this episode, but it didn't feel out of place. It feels like it does have a, that conversation mm -hmm. as a place in the show, and it seems like something they might have explored further in another season, which I wish they would have just done that sooner this season, then it would have had a little bit more weight at the end. Um, but yeah, like out of nowhere, not completely out of place, but just like it, we had to do a lot to keep up with the how Nancy felt about like losing her souls in the future. Like we had to do a lot to be like, okay, she feels this deeply about it now. Whereas we probably would have had a few episodes of arc to build up to that feeling if they had told that story for a full season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, right. it, it felt like a weird inclusion for me only because like reincarnation I believe is tied to Tristan's plot because of the soul eater moving from one child to the next. Like, and so he was talking about his past lives. However, I think series long history for Nancy is actually about ancestry, not about reincarnation. Cause even in last season, when um, Ace was carrying the piece of Temperance's daughter's soul, that wasn't about, I believe it wasn't about that being a past life for him, but rather a, a delineation, you know, like it's from his family tree. He, it just mm -hmm. comes to him. And ancestry has been a big part of Nancy Drew because of the Hudsons and how Nancy has been contending with their behavior in the town in her way of rectifying that. So then hitting her with the, oh, my past life was awful. I was like, why couldn't it just be her ancestor? It was awful. Y'all are connected through that being your ancestor. And she's now once again having to rectify something that happened centuries ago. But at the same time, I think it's really just reincarnation because they need to say that Nancy and Ace are one of a kind and they will never be reincarnated. This is the one life they get and this is they're going to live it to the fullest by being with each other. That just seemed like, like another note they wanted to also find a way to break the curse reasonably at the tail end of the season. It worked for what we got. Um, but that is interesting. Like it to bring up the fact Nancy grappling with part of her soul created the started the cycle of like horrors and horseshoe bay and her like that resting on her shoulders and taking that in it's a lot to to do in the last 20 minutes of the mm -hmm. series yeah it's not that they couldn't tell the story it's i don't think it's that they're not capable of telling the story i think they could have told it very well because again that kind of lines up with the show's overall arc but nancy constantly feels the weight of not just what she's done but her ancestors her families all of that so she's extra hard on herself 
I just think it was a huge kind of bite to take when you've only 20 minutes left of a, a series, let alone a season. Um, and it was a lot of information to take in. The dialogue had to work overtime. So it felt like if you blinked for a second, you were like, wait, what's happening? Because you kind of missed it. Um, Parson wrapped up his entire storyline and single yeah. <laughs> and that in was the first, like, five that. minutes yeah. yes. i was like let scott breathe oh my goodness <laughs> and they were the human elements so yeah imagine how crazy the supernatural stuff is to take on i know it's it is do you feel bad that carson's storyline is wrapped up in a sentence and gene is not not that i needed to see gene but gene is not on screen so she, she doesn't even get to say that he just goes yeah she called she said that um she wants the pregnancy yeah, and, he had to explain where she is, where they're at emotionally, what like all of it, and like what I mean, great work as an actor to to have to bite that off and you know sell it. But I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, we're we're done with that. <laughs> and then he still they get they gave him one last panic, which was um him being like, will I be good as a father now, like in this stage of life? Um, I do. My favorite moment of the finale, though, is with Nancy and that tiny beanie for her sibling. (laughs) It's just the cutest, like yes, like um, and so and that ends our beanie watch. They're passing it along. Next generation, (laughs) next generation, just like her mom made a cashmere beanie for her. She um either made or bought. I don't know. Um, a beanie for her little. I don't sibling. think Nancy didn't have time to get the <laughs> knitting needles out. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks it's just like a mini replica of hers. It's just so cute. Uh, but uh, what else? Uh, let's talk about the wrap ups though. For since we were we talked about Carson's, starting with Nancy's, it is interesting that Nancy Drew ends with her not officially on an investigation, not really. Like, she's going to go on essentially an apology tour um, and going to go from coast to coast to to track down the places that had the sin eaters and for them her to talk about it and help that that person become free, just like Tristan is. And I guess she has a bit of a mystery because Ace does ask her, will you solve this mystery with me? Which he means the... Um, whether or not the curse actually did break because he said it's 50-50. Again, the lore is not luring, but it's the last five minutes of the show. So, like, you just accept it. I assumed because after they kissed and then there was that close-up on the flashlight and it didn't crack, I was like, okay, the curse is broken. Mm. I guess. You're right. That's what I got out of that. But And I also didn't realize that there were Sin Eaters, like, spread out in the mm-hmm. country. So that was interesting to me it's, it, it, that is an interesting twist because we did say horseshoe bay has got a very like sunnydale and buffy and that all the supernatural stuff was kind of drawn to it people just accept that this stuff kind of happens even if they don't ask questions about it so it was interesting to see that nancy drew goes like uh, stateside or uh, global or international after this that uh, there's more mystery out there for to solve in the world i mean i do like that ending that I would have preferred maybe one of those like, oh, the adventures continue off screen. We did talk about that before kind of endings, but it makes sense that Nancy has a purpose, that Nancy has a thing to do and that Ace is going to join her on it as well, with it as well. Um, Yeah, it makes sense. I just, I have a hard time believing that the Horseshoe Bay adventures only lasted one year um, and that that's the end of that chapter of her life and then she's moving on to something else. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to, you know, bring it, bring it real for a minute. Um, I am conflicted with the 
with the wrap-ups because it well one it felt abrupt to me like oh it's series finale i i struggle with uh series finale tropes like it like this series finale nancy drew like it hit all of the emotional notes it did everything to really like send these characters off and to like make you feel something but i i don't know how i feel about series finales making us believe that everything needs to change in order to end a show like everyone needs to go their separate ways things need to be sold like i don't know i like i struggle with those kinds of endings and i like that's just a thought i don't have any uh pitches for how they should have ended it like because they did what they wanted to do and it worked but I don't know I just struggle with those endings where like they all just decide like I'm moving I'm doing something else and I'm like is that because that's what's we think should happen in a series finale I don't know that's something that I yeah when I watched that scene I was like how realistic is it that they would all just decide to up and leave not realistic yeah there's um there's i feel like there's two types of series finales there's either the ones that are like right everything has to end you can't see these adventures anymore because these adventures won't continue that's it that's the end of it and that seems to be what nancy drew went for or there's the other and the flash is not a good example so i'm so sorry for using it but there is an the flash kind of example which is well, this is the end of the story retelling, but they're still going to be there and they're still going to be carrying on with these adventures. We just won't see them anymore. I feel like Nancy could have gotten away with that one because it's, like we just said, this was just one year of their lives. She literally just set up Nancy Drew Investigations. Like we know how fa- a slow time moves on this show. So like she put up Nancy Drew Investigations, that sign at the start of the season. And now at the end of the season, she's taken it down. Like how many days have passed with this? No, in this show, probably two weeks. But like, I feel like we, she now, Nancy Drew investigations never really got off the ground. She could have kept that sign up. She could have kept working there. They could have kept the claw because, again, the whole emotional thing doesn't hit when you realize that they bought it and sold it within the same year. Did they actually sell the claw? And did she sell Icarus Hall? I need like a real estate update. <laughs> <laughs> when did we like close on these sales? <laughs> when did they have time? We didn't even see the person that was trying to buy the claw. Uh, but this did feel very much speedboat, like you said, Reed, because the it's unrealistic, which like it's a supernatural drama. A lot of things are unrealistically like, true. But when we consider that these are not high school kids who are graduating at the same time as each other, these are young adults who are in different spots of their lives. We moved rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Nancy just got the documentation submitted for her agency and opened a business, has um has the promotion and stuff for it. Like Bess, who is sticking in around in her job in the secret um, hidden historical society, that works because that makes sense. Uh, George has some, was uh, getting her associate's degree, now has gotten into a pre-law program and uh, is moving immediately to Seattle. Have no idea what's going on to go on with her sisters. We just found out via a piece of dialogue in the previous episode that supposedly Victoria is fine now. Mm-hmm. And, and is fully capable, I guess, of taking care of her children when she has not been capable of taking care of her children for the entirety of George's life. But fine, in a year she got it together and she's she'll be completely fine raising these girls with no help whatsoever. Sure. And then uh, Nick has had three businesses, 
closed every one of them <laughs> and is is going to best wrap up for me though for him he's going to atlanta to work in an inc- in incubator as an engineer for tom swift and jade is going with him and they're working as a pr person thanks to zenzi like lovely wrap up very excited i about wish it. we had done the spinoff now yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> the crossover we wanted yes and that was that would have been amazing and ace ace got um is gonna get into medical school and he's gonna be a medical examiner we did not delve into whatever it is that made him feel less than because we did not have time but i'm happy for him that he is going to be in working his way towards the job that he wants yeah and here's the thing i'm happy everyone's going where they want and they're all like following their dreams but i do agree even though we knew the series finale was coming it still feels like it came out of nowhere like that that scene we just talked about george sat down to announce her news and then went what about you nick assuming that nick would have news that's such a series finale chop and i have news i have news i have news i have news like how much time elapsed between when they like did all that and then decided to to leave and they didn't specify the time frame either. So like after the season finale element ended, suddenly we had jumped a little bit of time and everybody was in their series finale moods. It never specified how much time it wrapped up, how all this happened, like Sabrina just said, like George getting into pre-law school and all that. How did all of that happen when like when the season finale thing was playing out? George didn't know what her future held because that interview with that woman didn't go well. You know what I mean? I just feel like that the stakes were robbed because we spent too much time on the season finale element of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm, I, I do, you know, and I've seen the tweets, you know, fans were excited about this finale. I think probably the most beautiful scene is the ending scene with the claw, which is very much uh, for the actors in the crew and for those of us watching. I, I will say though, it would have made, not that I wanted to see the claw burn, burn but it would have made more sense for Nick to be freaking out the way that he did if it had been the claw that was burning or a section of the claw burning than right. the historical society. <laughs> yeah, that, I didn't get that. No, he's like, I failed the town. I was like, Nick, have you, haven't you only walked into this place like three times? <laughs> Why is he going to run back in? <laughs> I don't know. Clearly it was burning. Like, sir, where are you going? Are we going to die with historical society? It's not worth it. <laughs> no, they're like holding him back and like Tunji is acting his mind off. But I'm like, why did y'all ask him to do this? He has no... no con- like, his- <laughs> what's the motivation? I was confused. It would have made more sense for Best to have... I mean, she did kind of... But not that... Not that mm. level. Was that that why he was the one who put forward the underground historical society idea so he could suddenly feel bad about not being able to save the main one? I'm sure everyone felt bad about it. But like you said, um, Nick definitely took on the brunt of it. It, it, Maybe it's just because he's always the good person who likes to save people, protect people, look after people and do the right thing. But But that's like an Archie thing. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Nick was never really that as intense as Archie with his Superman complex. Yeah. And I thought he worked through it. I thought that was the whole point of going back to Florida because we needed to work through our trauma and we did it in five weeks and came back. Like that was, I, I don't know. I just, historical side, it hadn't been his youth center, you know, the safe space he had made that was clearly a deep part of him in season three. I would have also understood that because it's for it yeah. was for the kids. It was for the babies. It was their place. Him yelling and screaming and trying to get back inside. And it was that building would have understood that too but the historical society of all places not him Mm-mm. needed to be best I mean, if we were gonna do it yeah probably for the best though like 
just end that era for Shubei. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will be safer. <laughs> it's a shame because losing the crutch of the historical society, I think, would have really revived the show and like turned things around. Um, I would have liked to have seen what a season without that would look like because season one didn't have much of it to lean on and now it's become such an important thing. And again, Perbess just took over it and then it burned down. What does that say about her track record? Um, maybe we didn't need it to burn down, but at the end of the day, I would have liked to have seen what Nancy Drew would have looked like without it. They probably mm. wouldn't have burned it if it wasn't a series finale, but still. Yeah, I mean, you bring up Bess. She, they really put her through this. She was in court this season, hunted down by an angry mob. Her job and home question mark burn down like <laughs> <laughs> i can see why she has that fear of abandonment then. Oh, and yeah um, and all her friends are leaving yeah every last one she has addy though they made sure that addy ran in, in the last few minutes we got the cameo we got the cameo. <laughs> <laughs> to let us know what's going on there um i to the fans and fans sorry i was i was waiting for it and i was like I guess we're not doing it okay yeah it was i mean they really were like we're besties and we're done like Took it, me they, by surprise so george technically know. ends up with that lawyer man yeah right? cameron mm-hmm. well who we don't really know he's just the nice man from class happy for them yeah and then jade came back too we saw them before mm-hmm. well they were supposed to help did jade help now i'm thinking about it they paired them off with Ryan, didn't they? Because yeah, Jay had corralled the dads, or the dad, and, or Ryan, and who was Carson? <laughs> <laughs> Carson and Red were the ones that were going wild. Oh, okay, and so they threw them in the claw, and then that was the end of Jade. Yeah, it was Ryan yeah. and Jade team up, right? Which was okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we. So, mistake of the season was separate love interests. I'm just going to put that out there. It was that it just shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I love Tristan, though. I really did. I would have enjoyed Jade if we got more of them. Cameron, we saw you three times, so I'm sorry. We could have definitely See, I like, had a theory a few weeks ago that something was going to go awry with Cameron because um, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, but George and Cameron had a conversation at the bar at the Claw, and George put her bag down it was like very like apparent that she had put her bag down and then she left to go talk to somebody and left her bag at the bar. And I was like, is he going to like sneak in there? Is he like shady low key? Nothing ever came of it. I guess it was just me like looking for things. (laughs) My soap opera brain was on and I was like, he's going to steal something and he's, he's going to throw a wrench in this whole thing. And nothing ever came of it. (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah. Maybe that was prior to the pivot. Maybe that was prior to the pivot for the series finale. Um, you never know what storylines were left on the cutting room floor after they changed direction. That's true. I don't want to know. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell us. <laughs> oh, and then we had the lovely Alice, which just, she deserved better. We did a whole mm-hmm. pot about that, but she did deserve better. No, I found it interesting, though. They love to parallel Nancy and Ace so much that I realized in the finale after, um, after Tristan was like, I'm just going to sail. And have some peace. It's like, oh, like Alice. To see mm-hmm. what we did there. They both had boat-related romances. Huh. And I was like, huh. Yeah. Still didn't need to happen. I was gonna say, was it necessary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I after seeing the series finale, just to like tie up the loose ends from last week, mm-hmm. I still don't 
understand why that needed to happen for this for the finale like i just i think excluding it altogether would have wouldn't have taken anything away mm -hmm. so i'm i don't know i i think there could have there could have been an alternate route <laughs> mm -hmm. to get to the end without including that quote sin or the erasure thereof it was just and i know um i've said before and i probably said this last week that like i've always been a champion of like seeing how it ends seeing how they landed to get the big picture and i'm like i took that back last week so i was like i don't think any big picture will help and i for me at least um seeing the finale i still am just like no 412 didn't need to that didn't need to happen for no reason because mm -hmm. it didn't contribute anything in my opinion no and looking at it now i think the only thing that it was supposed to have added to was that nancy felt even more guilt and finding out what her previous life still had or what her pre the soul had done in the past she was like oh well i'm super bad person now especially because of what we did and we erased that sin and whatever and i'm like yeah, I can see where the thread was going, but that still doesn't justify the storyline. There was an, there would have been other ways to do that. And literally taking, uh, one of her biggest problems with this finale is that it tackled too much. Taking that Alice storyline out of it, the guilt and all of it, and the more conflict for Nath, would have left the finale with far more room to breathe. And the dialogue would not have been as heavy and it would not have been as heavy on Nancy's shoulders. I don't really don't think we needed to go there. Um and you're right after seeing the finale, I think the story, this whole season worth story would have been better without that. Yeah, because I mean, other than angst, what does it serve? Like, it really doesn't do anything. I think, is the takeaway supposed to be that it makes them stronger? Because Ace says what you did was out of love, which I don't agree with. Because Ace got to there pretty quickly, and I, I still just don't maybe she did do it out of love in her own way but i don't think that should be celebrated it's not the right word but i don't know i just don't think that should be the way that we <laughs> love people <laughs> no it shouldn't be it I'm so, it makes me cuckoo bananas it does and and like i'm and i say this and i know i'm always talking about bellamy and clark and i get it but like with the 100 my pair already had a high body count when things were happening. You know, 400 people, 300 people, 1,000 people. She dropped a bomb and his sister. Like, at that point, I was like, you know what? This show just likes mass casualties. And I just have to accept it. For this one, though, for Nancy Drew, it's like, but there's no room to breathe, though. Like, he, she doesn't, they don't even really write Nancy as having an issue with what she did outside of how Ace feels about it. There's no guilt really about erasing what happened to Alice. She doesn't even interact with that part of the story. That's all Ace is dealing. And she it's just feels horrible. Off camera and as well. It is. And I mean, I do appreciate, I did appreciate that like Ace didn't just drop Alice. He went to, I believe it was North Carolina, um, to the funeral mm -hmm. at the beginning of the episode. He was talking about how he was sorting through his feelings and he didn't like what happened. And like, and I did appreciate all that. But it also just feels like we're just, like taking the broom and sweeping it up you know like we we have to tie up this loose end we want to make sure he doesn't drop alice and then we're gonna drop her by the time like we later to rest she's at peace by the way to him telling her family that she's at peace now sir <laughs> like that line took me out just a little bit i was like let's not say that at the funeral no let's no. not do that one but 
But I'm like, okay, so we could have, the angst really could have just been something else. Nancy could have been something else that had upset him. That was then had Nick going, is he really that bad though? Like, is anything really unforgivable? The line. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ace, you said the word. <laughs> yes. And yes, yes, it is unforgivable. I mean, even if he forgave her, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to get back with a person, by the way. I feel like even though Heartstopper didn't forgive anybody, which was fine. Like, even if you did choose to forgive someone, it doesn't mean you have to be with them. Just to put that out into the universe. You can just forgive and move on. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know what else it could have been. Maybe he could have felt betrayed that she'd moved on so fast. And that would have been enough. Maybe he could have doubted their love because of his insecurities. I mean, the storyline is right there. The man has never felt secure in his relationship with Nancy. Mm-hmm. So it could have just been some Tristan angst if they wanted it to be. Yeah, I'm questioning the whole thing. Like, did we need the sin, her to erase the sin? Could they have just done the whole, like, past lives, soul, soulmate thing earlier? I don't know. I'm not a writer. Well, I am, but not this kind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, it's, I mean, I don't want to say I'm not disappointed with the finale because I think what they did was really beautiful at the end mm-hmm. to send this the show and the characters and the cast and crew off was really beautiful. I'm just disappointed in the show and the choices it made at the end. And I think that's within anybody's right. Um, to be disappointed with the choice. And it's not just that I didn't get what I wanted or didn't do what I wanted it to. It's that it did something so out of pocket that I was like, it just left a really sour taste in my mouth. And you know, that sucks going into a series finale of a show that we had so much fun watching. But again, like I said last week, nothing will take that away. Those fun episodes that we enjoyed, but still that lingering feeling, you remember it was like the aftertaste in the back of your throat. You're like, it's, hard to forget that it's hard to let that go mm-hmm. and there's no season to buffer it like it's yeah. not like that happened and then you watch the other season and you hate what happened but we moved forward and we delved into it and it's still not great but we're gonna mm-hmm. like move forward like that that the show didn't i'm not even gonna say got the get the opportunity to do that because given again like you had said read in the past episode the building was burning so we really could have written a different season. We just chose not to. And that was their right. It's just, it's also our right to critique it and not feel great about it. If it didn't serve, to, to me, it didn't serve the interview of the series well. Mm-hmm. I think season four had its moments, but for the most part is written like a season where they thought they were going to get another one. Like it's very, to me, it's experimental. Um, they were playing with a lot of things. They were trying new lore. They were trying new dynamics. And it just did not work with what was going on with this, this CW. I, I, in that sense, it did really feel like a final season because the final season is where you should, like Dynasty, like they did that whole horror sequence. They did so many things in its final season that were just like, well, if the, we're going down, we're going to go out swinging and we're going to do whatever we want. And I'm like... Nancy was like flirting with that. And then after those three standalones, I'm always going to harp on it. The brakes were just slammed on. <laughs> <laughs> and we got whiplash. <laughs> yes. 
and it just feels like the, the storylines they decided to tackle didn't add anything. They took away from it. The the Ness is worse off for that storyline. Nancy Drew is worse off for that storyline. And not that you could ever justify doing a storyline like that on. It would be different if they had time to justify it or land the plan or anything like that. But not only was there no doing that, they didn't have the time to do it. So we're still here. We are a week later thinking, why? That was, I think that was the underpinning question we asked constantly last week. Why? Why was the need for that to happen? And now here it's we are. It's been addressed, if exactly. I'm exactly. yeah, perfectly yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, here we and are. Not that it can be because of the strike, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but like here we are with the, where we're supposed to have the answers. And I think we're just left with more questions. Um, Yeah, that's not what a finale was supposed to do, in my opinion. No, but to dock our own boat. Um, just to, to uplift Nancy Drew as a show, as far as the very tail end of the episode, it was beautiful seeing um, all of them together at the claw with um, the memento counter that they had going on. Uh, I thought that was very sweet, and the the sketching, the the carving under the table, which. They can't say that's Ace Hardy, but that's Ace Hardy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, I think the most gorgeous moment, in my opinion, is Kennedy in the doorway saying goodbye. And then it cl- it closes. And that, they got me there. I was like, oh, little heart flutter. Yeah. I'm going to miss yeah, you. Got, <laughs> got a little choked up. And she was saying, like, she has four soulmates. And I'm like, yeah, girl. You been saying that since day one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when this show is at its strongest, I feel, when it's just the cast where they can just act. Um, and there were not a lot of lines of dialogue there. It was just such a beautiful, heartfelt scene where they just acted their hearts out, made us feel everything, reminded us why we love the show. And I, as far as final scenes go, I don't think the show could have ended any better than that. And I'm glad even though we had a lot to get through in that finale, we got to that point at the end of it because I really did enjoy the final scene. I really love that last moment between Nancy and George where she knows for George being the last one out of the claw will hit her hardest. And she said, I got it. And that's like quintessential Nancy, right? She'll do the hard things for her friends, for the people she Mm -hmm. loves. And that was like one last hard thing that she did. She's the last one to turn the light off. Oh, beautiful hearts all around it was just (laughs) it was just gorgeous and like when that moment happens I'm like I was thinking about like our journey with Nancy Drew and um how wonderful it has been you know like our Drew crew is the spiral (laughs) so like (laughs) (laughs) yes so being on this journey with you guys has been like the loveliest like I uh we went into this knowing some things of course but like Really, really enjoying the majority of it, just chucking along and like screaming and hollering and 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 really getting to watch the show together. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just like I love you know, it, it so was much. really fun. Like it's fun to analyze. We it's our first full series we got to analyze because mm. when we started this, we're in the middle of every other CW show. But this is the first one that we watched to beginning to end, besides the one and Duns, um, mm-hmm. Winchester's and Wendy. Like, yeah, it's fun to analyze a show and also to enjoy it is like, it's never a given that you're going to enjoy a show for as long as Mm -hmm. we did. (laughs) (laughs) 
but to also get to pick it apart and like celebrate it and we get Kennedy out of this whole thing. It's all very special. It is. And I feel like I was sitting thinking about the day we watched the pilot there recently and it just feels like such a full circle moment. It might be hard to buy that all of Nancy Drew took place in a year, but we made sure it took place in a year because <laughs> we watched it over a year. Um, it's just... It's, when did we start, by the way? It was last summer, wasn't it? I was think it? July, was it? I think so. Oh, wow. I'll have to look at the, the timestamps, the dates. I, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um but yeah, like I, I, it's been such a wonderful journey. The show is it, the first season was awesome. You guys said you knew bits about it. I knew nothing about the show other than what the concept of what Nancy Drew was. It was amazing to be able to go into it and just like fall in love with these versions of the characters because they are now the quintessential versions of them for me. Um, and it just like I think it's one of my favorite things we've done together so far because we've been through an awful lot since we started this podcast. I have wrinkles under my eyes because of what the CW put us through. We were the CW historians. We didn't know we were going to be. Right. right. <laughs> but this was something good. This was something joyous. And it was nice to be able to experience it together. I'll never think of Nancy Drew without thinking about you two because we always mm. texted and messaged each other afterwards. Um it's just, it's been an awesome journey together. Um, I think that's the worst part about it being over because I'll miss all of the experiences we've had with it. But, you know, we have these characters, we have these moments in our hearts that we can revisit it someday and maybe appreciate seasons three and four in a new light when we do. And, but the good thing about consciousness is that you can just pretend some things don't exist and <laughs> we can snip off some things that we, you know, trim trim the edges off. That we oh, were, sure. The 100. That were in our, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the one who ends season six finale after Bellamy and Clark hug, and it's going yeah. that That's it for me. I don't know what else happened later. I mean, I do, but we don't. None of your business. Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> just, me, me with the you... me with the flash after season six. <laughs> I mean, with Montreal after season six. I was in that car with Peyton and Lucas. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> The end. Oh, oh, I do love our Nancy journey. Um, and we do have another journey, but y'all will find that out at another time. <laughs> but it's not Nancy related, so don't get any ideas anymore. <laughs> no. Oh, also, y'all, I know you're on a movie campaign, but let's just let the series end completely first. Let's just let that the boat is docked. But y'all can wait on the movie because I <laughs> yeah. saw that campaign already going and it was kind of funny. But they're like, well, you know what? This sets up the this sets up a plot line where we can just come back in a few years and everybody's back in Horseshoe Bay. I love the inspo, love the momentum. But, you know, it takes a little bit of, of time to yeah. get the gang back together. It takes a minute and maybe a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, also selfishly, I want to see Kennedy on The Good Lawyer. So yeah. I'm she's got her. Emmys to win, people. Priorities first. <laughs> yes, we can come back in like three to five years. <laughs> yeah, we got time. We got time. We got time. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah. Okay, moving to the Riverdale series finale, though. Uh, ooh. I have 
to say, you know, with Nancy, we were like, they docked the boat. That's all they had to do. It was fine. Roberto was like, let me give you an entire love letter. <laughs> yeah, he was he was on that cruise ship full steam ahead <laughs> coming straight for us on the coast like that was something else i know sobbed all the way through i never would have i i mean i think we've touched on this before but i never would have i don't know how i thought riverdale would end at any given point in the series it certainly wasn't like this um but on the one hand, like, I'm not surprised with, like, how genuine and heartfelt it was. But on the other hand, like, I am kind of like, wow, like, this is a show that since day one has completely subverted my expectations. Like, I never knew what I was going to get. And that was the beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely caught me off guard. I read the synopsis. I knew what the episode was going to entail. But like like Sabrina said, I sobbed the whole way through that episode. That has never happened to me before. Now, I do get teary in series finales, and there's shows I've cared about a heck of a lot more than Riverdale over the years. None of those series finales have done to me what the Riverdale finale did. I don't know whether it's just because I didn't realize I cared about the characters so much, or the concept was just so beautiful. But the moment Lily walked into Betty's room, it was like, my room. I was like, oh God, here we go. And it did not stop the whole way after that. I, I just Lily Reinhardt getting the showcase that she's deserved. Like she's, I know. Okay, <laughs> I've just started like four different thoughts and sentences and abandoned them, trying to find the right way to communicate this. But I feel like from season one, they like Archie's the way in, right? Archie's the most. I feel like as someone who has no emotional connection to the comics, hasn't read them, but is aware of their pop culture significance it was always kind of like archie like you know that's the the way into this world but over the course of the series and i don't know how or what but just lily really rose to being like like it felt like betty's show almost and i don't mean that as a slight to anybody else but it was really for me lily i love them all but lily was always such a standout and for her to get this moment to be the one to lay the flowers down for this show in this universe was so special. It reminds me of um, Dawson's Creek in a way where like Dawson's name is in the title of the show, but the series finale, not the two hour one where Jen dies, which is another one that I snip and try to forget. The, the series finale of Dawson's Creek is about Joey, <laughs> Katie Holmes. It's about her, her journey and ending up in Paris and like not choosing Dawson or Pacey. And then the two hour finale negates that. But like, it, that's what it felt like to me. It's like, we started with this story about this young boy, and, but it became the story about this woman. And it, ugh. I love when shows do that. And it's like, JK, <laughs> this is our main <laughs> character now. <laughs> It is lovely. Oh, before we get into the nitty gritty, though, just to warn everybody listening, we are going to be reviewing the extended version of the series finale of Riverdale. Uh, if you have not seen it, it is on streaming now. Presumably, as, yeah, it is essential. You will not like. I know some people enjoyed the series finale, the broadcast version. Let me tell you, the extended version is the one that you actually need to be watching. Yeah, like, it's that's far better. 
far better that six minutes is necessary. <laughs> like it just really is. And it's spread out through the entire episode. So it's not like you, it's one scene that was cut. There were several scenes cut and, um, and moments that were shortened that you would need to watch the extended version for. But Lily really was the brightest gem in this series finale like everyone got their moment but it was really Lily's she had the job of landing the plane and she landed it like it was just from beginning to end the way that the emotion carries the way that you can see her remembering things uh, because the implication is that 86 year old Betty has Alzheimer's I'm assuming um mm-hmm. so this is her way of of being able to relive a moment that she didn't get to live because she had the mumps in 1957 on the day that they got their yearbook and I just I the moment I knew that it was going to be fantastic was that moment when Lily walks into Betty's bedroom and she's like my room but particularly when she stands in front of her mirror and I'm going to say for all those of us who are older not the teenagers watching Riverdale that scene hits different when she says that's what I look like I was like, I was, I was so hard on myself. All of us who are older get that. We do, because you look back at old pictures of yourself and you're like, dang, why was I so mean to myself? I mean, mm-hmm. look at this person, look at this cutie. Like, so what, what did I, why was my brain like that? And so for them to give that moment to Betty and I was like, yes, tell us. Cause you knew that the, the whole episode just by that line was going to be about reflection and how things mm-hmm. look different when you're removed from the emotion of that time period and it's actually better than you remembered it being yeah and that's what i thought that scene hit particularly hard for me as well because betty's someone who's always been very very hard on herself so the fact that you got to see her be so reflective and like lovingly loving when she looked at looked at herself for the first time i believe that scene was cut from the tv version which really affected the pacing of it because i think she walked into a room and was like my room archie's window it was like why did we cut out this important moment of reflection for bad eye but like I, I feel like that really set the tone for the rest of the episode because yes she was looking back but she was celebrating she was appreciating everything she grew up with and now this is a person who has two timelines of lives to remember we we really didn't go into much of the main timeline and that was fine with me because i feel like the final season of riverdale has been about celebrating the youthfulness of it the uh, the enthusiasticness of it and just the like the high school vibe that the first season of the show was so well renowned for and I think that's why ultimately looking at season seven as a whole it was such a success because it left us looking back we we grew up with Riverdale and we looked back on season one with nostalgia in the same way that we would look back on our own our own high school years in nostalgia so the fact that Betty ended up doing that in the series finale with us as well I just thought that was a genius idea for a finale and like you guys said Lily sold it through and through from the moment she started speaking I was like oh I'm gonna love this and I did um Shout out to the actress who played 86-year-old Betty. I believe she also played Martha Kent in uh, small, uh, Superman Lois in all the Smallville scenes. Um, so I, was, I knew I recognized her. Um, but the moment that uh, Lily was like, my room, that's what I looked like. I was like, oh, man. And one moment she particularly got me was when she was talking to Fangs. And Fangs said he was going on the road. And you just saw her well up quietly. Oh, my goodness. I was like, is this good? Is this bad? just her performance was so subtle and I just I I thought she was being reflective on that this was the moment where Fangs went off to live his life but it was because she obviously remembered that he was the first of them to pass away too soon um it just hit you with all the emotions it really really did and she was just phenomenal it it was such a like 
beautiful and like unexpected rumination on the human experience and mortality in a way that to me was like reminiscent of like the ending of this is us and like the barbie movie like i felt moved and like we're all reflecting on what it means to live a life and look back and be in the moment and have a fear of forgetting a feeling that's really what i feel like that the one of the last monologues that lily has with cole where she's they're talking about like do you have any regrets and she's like the one that really struck me in this whole monologue is him asking if she regrets never getting married and she quickly says no i don't um and that was like betty in a nutshell and i think that maybe was part of her journey in season seven is finding independence and finding peace within herself and she definitely did that like she we saw her in the 70s being a a businesswoman and being a voice for women and I, I have a controversial take maybe it's not that controversial it's definitely a hotter take i know there will be some viewers and fans that are disappointed that we didn't get back to the main like they didn't get out of the 50s and go back to the main storyline but i don't i after like seeing the completed vision if we had returned to the main storyline i don't think we would have ever gotten a finale like this they wouldn't have gotten happy endings and maybe you say like oh they all died <laughs> that's not a happy ending that's life um but to be in a timeline where they were freed of their their past trauma like most of them chose to forget that and just live un like beholden to those experiences they had in that other timeline we wouldn't have gotten to this happy ending the ending would have looked so different in my eyes and it mm -hmm. wouldn't have been this it, like you just can't put the show in a box and i think that's what's been proven since day one people thought like oh teen murder mystery it's dark i can do this i can like i know what this is and then season two was like why is it getting weirder and then season three was like why are we camp <laughs> we're we're fully in this like and then i think that's why people like some people like didn't you just can't put it in a box this show has always done something unexpected it's so ambitious and even to dying day it was ambitious like i've never seen a teen drama with a send-off quite like this um but yeah like i just seen that final shot too of pops it's like who would have ever thought that the show would have something this deep to say knowing the past six seasons have been just completely out of control craziness like it it like blew my mind i i don't know if i said anything that connected any dots in that whole soliloquy but <laughs> you did. it just like blew my mind how we got to this end point and they made it so special they did so for me for everyone listening who doesn't know i am i watched this out of context i've only seen the first three episodes of season seven and this finale still works for me i was still sobbing and i was sobbing because at its core this finale is about these characters as you know them not only just you know in the timeline that they are right now the 50s but at, with some of the core pieces that still stay true to them without moving back to the present and i think for some of the characters like that line from from betty about having no regrets about not getting married that is for the girlies who don't want to get married 
that is it. That was validation. That was for women who have said that they don't want to. And to say that I can still live a very fulfilling life. And she did. Like she, she still had great loves too. And she still had great loves. So it's not, it's, it is not to say that, you know, at least to me, that Betty's, the arc of Betty's story in Riverdale is that she ends up alone. That's not the point because she doesn't end up alone. She just doesn't end up in a romance, which was something that some Betty stands had been arguing for. Just by because the when we think about the present day Riverdale as we knew it, Betty's choices were, tended to be if she left town, she was going to be wrapped up in the serial killer gene stuff at the FBI. If she stayed in town, she would have been with Archie, who I I love Archie. But one thing that the the main story, the main timeline, really couldn't seem to get them out of was that Archie wanted to stay in Riverdale, and Betty would have been staying in Riverdale for Archie. But Riverdale has nothing for Betty. She had she her ideals are outside of the town. So I was like, Barty's never going to rectify that. And Roberta was like, I agree. So in, in the season finale, she gets to to tell Archie that he has a beautiful life. They're not together, but his life is beautiful, and it's very clear that he's still a great love of her life. I think the implication is that she knows what happens to him because they did at least for a while stay in contact, and he told her. And they got to share that they were happy and that they were fulfilled. And she still loved him. She just may not be in love with him at 86, but he's a big part of her life. He's still in a heart-shaped frame in her room. He's still a big part of who she was as a person. It's just he's not the only part, which is fine. I think that also is beautiful. My favorite section of the um, of the finale actually has nothing to do with ships and everything to do, and again, this is why you need to watch the extended version because this got cut. But when she's outside of their of the gathering that she's supposed to go in after the the, the jalopy ride, she doesn't want to go in because she doesn't want to deal with the fact that this is the last time she'll see everybody. And Jughead, Jughead has this great moment where he tells her, well, that's life, right? You You say hello, you walk with someone for a while, and then you say goodbye. I cried for five minutes. Like I just, I had to pause and um, because it, it hit me in the heart and it hit me in the heart because it's true. And it's a heartbreaking thing about life and it's a heartwarming thing about life. And sometimes that walking with someone for a while is their entire lifetime. And sometimes it's being deeply invested and in love with your friends when you're 17 years old. And this is this is the peak of life. And then it's not the peak of life. And you have to say goodbye and you don't see those people again, or you do see those people again, but it's like five minutes at a bakery or a bookshop or, or someplace and you catch up and then you don't talk to them again. Like it's or you just, like communicate in, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's like, and this person used to have like so many pieces of your heart and they don't anymore, but your 17 year old self still holds those pieces. That's what's beautiful. So I'm like, I don't care. The finales, I didn't care about the end game. I didn't. I'm like, I'm not sorry that I'm not sorry about not caring about the end game because that's not the point. The point was that life has many loves and not all of them are romantic. Some of them are familiar and some, some of them are about friendship and they shape you. And that's 
what's important. Not that like it wasn't lovely seeing Cheryl and Tony together like they deserve to be and to have a son together and to be activists and artists and create the community that they wanted that they thrived in or to see Kevin and Clay together in in Harlem um, doing what they wanted to do and living a full life and being able to be told that none of them, neither of these couples, these queer couples suffered tragedy. Well, except for Kevin and his father getting murdered. Kevin's not murdered. His father was murdered. That was a, a throwaway. If you line. don't watch the extended version, then that doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can write it out the tale even if you did watch the extended version. But other than that, you know, they get to thrive. Everyone gets to thrive. That's the thing. But particularly yeah. um, those two couples really do. It, that was more special to me that the queer couples got to have that happiness and they get to have that, you know, that peace and I speaking to end games, I love that. I mean, okay, this whole series finale to me is like an epilogue. Like the storylines wrap up in the previous episode. Like they wrap up the story mm-hmm. in episode 19. This is like a beautiful like eulogy, essentially. Um, but that it's so funny to me that that episode you kind of there's end games in episode 19, and then in this one. They were like, okay, we're not making a choice. All four of them end up together, <laughs> technically. <laughs> the quad. Genius. Absolutely genius. I was like, I, I'm like watching it. I'm like, I can't believe this is the series finale. And they're just, they got one more trick up their sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> one more wild, unexpected twist. And I was like, I just, I love it. That, that they all got to end up together as a quartet, as a inseparable foursome. That sounds weird, but Polycule. essentially... Yeah, there's love between all four of them and they got to have that and no choices were made and then they all got to live their own lives because that's reality. You you spread apart. It's not always realistic that you end up with... It, it, for lucky ones it is, but it's not always realistic that you stay with that love of your life from high school or you stay connected to that best friend from high school or whatever. But in that moment, they got to end up together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so funny to me. <laughs> it was, and it was so well done. I, I think that was the first moment and uh, uh, it kind of took me out of it in a good way because you could still fit, you could, that was when the tears finally got a chance to dry on my face because I wasn't continually crying. I was just like, telling Reggie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, go bad. Eh? Um, I was like, I love that because obviously Varchie's end game, Bughead's end game, Veronica's end game. I know some fans were a bit miffed. Like, they never actually specified whether anything happened between Jarchie. Jughead and Archie have literally shared no time time together all season I would have liked to at least have yeah. one friendship scene between them but like aside from all that I was like they were endgame and it, it came up it came up at a time when uh, uh Betty was talking about soulmates uh, Kevin and Clay being soulmates and then they're like what about yours Betty and it's true I feel like Jughead Archie and uh, Veronica are Betty's three soulmates and they did they were endgame for all of high school they grew up they moved on they went their separate ways although it sounds like Betty and Veronica kept somewhat in touch with each other and that's life. But like, if you really want to think about it, Betty ended up in that diner with her three soulmates again in the suite hereafter. So if you really want to think about it like that, Bughead's endgame, Varchie's endgame, uh, Varchie's endgame and Veronica's endgame, it all happened. Like, you know what I mean? They got their happy ending. There may have been 80 years worth of life in between where things happened, good and bad. But like y'all said, that's living. And I think there's that's the beauty of the series finale. People won't understand it because they didn't get what they wanted out of it. And I do appreciate that. But Roberto tried something different with it and still, in a way, gave us all what we wanted at the end of it as well. I think that's art. 
And I think that's it might very well be my favorite episode of Riverdale is that because this show might bite off more than it can show. This the series finale, I shudder to think at some of the possibilities of what the show could have come up with. And in another season and another life, it absolutely would have come up with them. But that wasn't necessary. The show was at its strongest when it kept things simple. And this was a very simple character driven affair. And the characters were not behaving like plot plots plot devices. They were behaving like actual people who went through the things, who lived things, who missed each other and who loved each other. And I couldn't have asked for a better farewell to them because of that. Mm-hmm. And um, Betty was incandescently happy yeah. about being in a quad, like was beaming at the table, was beaming in the bathroom when Cheryl was like, what is up with you weirdo? <laughs> and she's like, I just found something out. I was like, not her being like ecstatic. That yeah, that memory. She was, she was giddy. <laughs> <laughs> she was so much glee. I was like, okay, girl's happy. But, I, but it still gives you you still get great moments at, to for to soothe the shippers. Um, Barchi gets the romantic kiss of the series finale. Veronica and Betty have a very heartfelt moment together, which is clearly Cammy talking to Lily, um, and is and is gorgeous. <laughs> Cammy out of character for the duration of that poem scene was. I loved it. She was just, there was a, I'm glad it ended up being in both cuts. There was a close up on Veronica crying and it was clearly just Cammy having a moment. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that it ended up in the cut because yeah. it's like, it works on both levels. It does. <laughs> oh, like then- Veronica would, 50s Veronica, I don't think would be that emotional, like no. that emotional, but it was clearly Cammy just having a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's so, I mean, that's the other thing that's so lovely. You can see, you know, moments in which we clearly are, breaking character because we're saying goodbye and it's and just that, that scene you were talking about sabrina about jughead saying like um that's life you walk with people like it works on mm-hmm. so many like it's the cast saying goodbye to each other it it's is. they walked together for this six-year journey and now they will never work like this in this capacity again together like it's just not going to happen again yeah it's sad it's sad. I also think that's when Cole slipped a bit because so I was like, I'm seeing Jughead, but also Cole, is that you too? I, I kind of see you in this line, <laughs> in this line delivery. And more shipping like uh, things. Betty and Jughead spent the entire episode together. The it wasn't romantic, episode. but they connected on a way that they hadn't since they broke up. Yeah. Well, there was a smidge of romance on Jughead's side when um, she asked him, "Do you regret not being circle?" And he's like, "Sometimes." And I was like, "I see the look." That was yeah. about Bughead. And like that's that's y'all's little crumb right there. At least on Jughead's side. He yeah. caught every good stuff. He was not made <laughs> My one, To that point, to him having regrets, my one qualm is I wish Tabitha had a little yes. bit more in this season. Mm-hmm. That's my one like they wrote themselves into a corner with there being two Tabithas and her being the guardian eight. Like it was a whole thing. I'm like, I don't know how you get out of that either. I don't know, but I just wish we had gotten to see her in the, at, in the final sequence at pops. Mm. Yeah. Cause I don't believe we do. No. no, I don't think so. I don't know. Do they have Aaron? Maybe she was, she, she was in last week. She got a Tabitha got a send off last week. Oh, okay. In the penultimate. 
that angel tabitha got the send up there's still no word on like normal tabitha 50s tabitha um uh, and yeah that was one of the things i noticed then obviously when they went when betty went into pops for that last time tabitha obviously wasn't there ethel wasn't there of course that was obviously just down to not being able to have the cast but ethel was such a big part of the season it would have been she nice did to get see her, her send up she's gonna she be a big did. hollywood actress i don't yeah. know if you know that sabrina she went up to hollywood <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be a singer back i don't know what she's up to but she. She was like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and she she made the right choice. It would have been nice to see her in the suite hereafter. But yeah, I mean, she did get her send off. Tabitha got her send, send off. Um, Josie did too. But we did see yeah, Josie exactly. briefly. She got um, her that moment because uh, she inspired Veronica. Yes. 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 Okay. I think it was that's why Veronica wanted to go back to L.A. and um, become the great film producer that she did. Um, and that's the thing. I feel like you can't fault anyone's character arcs. They may not have ended up together in the way you wanted to, at least for those 80 years of their lives. But like everyone did exactly what you'd imagine them do. Like Jughead being the editor of that uh, satire magazine, Betty changing lives, changing history with her independent female empowerment narratives in her magazine. Um, Veronica being the mu- uh, movie producer. It's just, it feels like everyone, everything felt like a justified character journey for those characters. So that's why I like the fact they went off, they lived their lives and they came back together in the end. Um, yeah, it was just, I, I can't rabble on enough about how beautiful it was. I just think it was so fulfilling. And to go back to what Reed said earlier about like choosing this timeline over the other one, in my honest opinion, the main timeline was broken. The longer they said in that, the more damage they did to it. And I don't just mean it from a whole like, why do I keep forgetting that man's name? Um, Percival Pickens. I don't just mean from that end of it or the supernatural end of it. The more stories they told in that timeline, the more they desecrated it. There was really like no way to end that on a no. note that would have been satisfying. And I know I've been an advocate in the past and probably on written records on some website saying like <laughs> Riverdale should end after season four or whatever. And I'm like, no, it needed this. It needed to get to it needed this time. And I know everyone's like, the show's still on. And it's like, yeah, it was because it had something to say. And my God, did it say it? And we didn't know what it was going to say. Like all through season six, like it had something to say, but it was like, what are we saying? And we get to this place where it's, but like when you add up everything that we've seen about Riverdale and knowing where it ends, it's like, there's so much to like unpack because it's so it's not a straight line like any other like not even like pretty little liars it's like they're harassed and then i don't know how it ends they unmask a probably finally i'm not sure but like there's a beginning and an end but this it's like we're solving murders and then there's gargoyle kings and we went sci-fi for a hot minute like lightly and then cheryl's a witch and we're trying to get a comet and betty has like sensory superpowers but then we're time traveling to the fifth like it just like it's not a straight narrative line it's complicated it's ambitious and it's it's, i like i don't like how do you sum up riverdale you can't in a sentence it's just the wildest roller coaster ride that was not beholden to any one set standard for a teen drama or any series like I, like, I don't know how they circled back to being teenagers and celebrating that time of being un like, like you're just like this season, we got to see Archie be lighter and free of trauma and just like that version of himself. Like, 
I don't know how they, like, it's just a stroke of brilliance that I don't know if it was always in the cards to get to this point or if it just happened and it all lined up. But in short, don't get me wrong. The show has its faults. The season six reviews, I think we stand by them. Maybe they'll age differently if we rewatch and we're like, oh, okay, we can connect the dots a little bit better. But like, it's not a perfect show, but my God, did it like, it, I feel like, I want to say it proved people wrong, but the people who hated on it for the last like four years probably aren't going to see the totality of what it achieved. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit sad, but I do think um, hopefully it will age well in 10 years time. We're going to see like a resurgence and the tides will shift and they'll be like, wait, low key, that was a serve. And we're going to be like, yeah, we were there. We saw it yeah welcome back <laughs> it really is just so iconic but i think what makes it so brilliant is that it's really meta this is what comics are like like this mm -hmm. is when they change writers or like it's the same writer but we're like on issue 50 and they're bored and like someone walks through a, a janitor's door and then suddenly we're in the 50s, you know, and it's a sock hop. Like, Sabrina, I don't know if you read up on how they got their memories back, but Angel Tabitha yeah. literally sat Jughead down in front of a TV and he watched Riverdale. One season one through six. Like that's how they got their memories back. Yeah, I, watching. I, I saw like a, um, a screen cap of that or something or perhaps a GIF. Um, and I was like, this is, of course, yes. that's how they did it, right? Yes. <laughs> Of course it is. And we just vegged out and watched our past lives. Like, that's just exactly what we did. And that makes so much sense for the world that Roberto created. But it also just makes so much sense uh, because, and I really do, I feel bad for people who've never read comics. So this show and its absurdism made no sense to them. But if you had, particularly if you had read the uh, Archie, any of the Archie comics or the Digest, nothing connects. It'll be like it's like you'll be like, but in issue 79, we were like at Pops, and now in issue 80, we're suddenly in space. And it's like, yes, because Archie found a model rocket, and then someone else built it, and now we're actually in space, and Josie's there playing guitar, and they're like in, 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 in space. It's just it's Riverdale is bonkers because Roberto understood the assignment. Mm -hmm. Like the, the Archie comics is just out of this world insane at times um, when they're doing things. And then it's mundane and then it's not mundane. Like they do a lot of stuff. So kudos to him for sticking to to that, to making this show meta and making it be what he wanted it to be. And then realizing he jumped the shark far too many times and like, it's like, oh, old timeline, throw it away. Like we're on a new timeline. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to say. I'm living my best life. You can join me or you cannot, but this is the story you're getting. And he true, it is truly a love letter. I mean, it just absolutely is. Honestly, they should teach courses on Riverdale. If they aren't already, they should do that, especially for writers. Because if you want to, if you want to be a showrunner and you don't want to factor in fan once that don't actually factor into your storytelling, you need to pay attention to writers and showrunners like Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Because mm -hmm. he hears you, but his overall story is going to be his overall story. And it makes sense if you pay attention to the overall story and not just to what your ship once are. And if you pay attention to the source material, I'm sorry, but no one is endgame in Archie's comics. 
I mean, you can't, this, there are like graphic novels and versions where he's endgame with Betty. I think there are more versions of Archie endgame with Betty than there are with anybody else. But he's also dated like Cheryl and Josie and Valerie. And I'm sure women I'm forgetting because mm-hmm. Archie was dating a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But also with Jughead being alone at the end of this uh, this finale, makes sense too. Jughead is alone in the comics. That's mm-hmm. We decided to put him back in his comics era storyline. Well, not storyline, but placement, which is he thrives on his own. And not that he can't thrive in a relationship, but that's what we, that's what Roberto chose to do. He's Jughead. Jughead is solo. Yeah. And that was an interesting choice because... So we know it, the angel Jughead's obviously there because Jughead just recently died, and that's why Batty was saying. You know how, it. Michael, to, to piggyback on that, the first time I watched it, I didn't. I was like, why is it angel Jughead? Why does he look like season one Jughead? I was so confused, and I was like, duh, he died. <laughs> and that's, he comes, they all come back in their teen form. Okay, continue. I'm yeah, sorry. but that's why, no, 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 you're right. I had you're to fine. expose myself for being dumb again. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, you're but not. Th- th- here's the question then. That's a good question. So Angel Jughead is Jughead dead, obviously. So then why when Batty went into Pops, was there another Jughead dressed like he's 50 self at the booth? It's narrator waiting. Jug. You know what yeah. I mean? So that that's why I like that. Ooh, yeah. The way the way the jug I will say the finale that are in the TV intercut Jughead's monologue with Batty entering Pops, whereas the extended version is far better because you get to see Batty enter Pops, hug everyone, and then we cut back to Jughead and it's quiet, the song isn't playing there. And I think that works far better because it makes sense. Angel Jughead has been a narrator all along and he quietly closes his out one more time. I thought that was a lovely touch, just like I like the fact that it was Batty and Jughead, not Bughead, not, we're not shipping them, even though many people do. But I just like I like the fact that it was Betty and Jughead on one final adventure. Because let's be honest, when it comes to adventures on Riverdale, no one's had more adventures than those two. So it made sense that they were back together one more time for Betty's final adventure. He was always that, like like I said about Nancy and S, always that parallel, always that person who was doing the same thing as her, right on the same journey, always by her side. Them two spent an awful lot of times walking together by each other's side. It only made sense that he was the one to bring her into the sweet hereafter in the end. Um, I Yeah, I just, the, it's the subtle character moments. Maybe couples weren't all over the finale like people wanted, but they were there. The, the, the heart was there. The soul was there. Riverdale was there in that finale. And I just... I couldn't know how many episodes of Riverdale over the series have ended with those four clinking their milkshakes at Pops. I couldn't have asked for a better ending from the series finale. I really couldn't. And I feel like with the story that we got, the end games really weren't the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really good way to not avoid having anybody end up together besides Cheryl and Tony and uh, Kevin and Clay, but like just to like accurately tell a different version of the story. I don't know. I just, I thought it was really well done that the message wasn't like the, the success of the finale wasn't riding on end games and finding out like, who did they end up with? Cause it's like, at this point, it's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's beside the point. Um, oh, there's something else I was going to say that I wanted to respond to that you said. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it was this, but seeing, Betty got out of the car in her ponytail again. Made me a little emotional. Yeah. It was just uh, the throwbacks, like the little seeds of, of, um, of things they gave us. And honestly, you can interpret this uh, finale any way you want to. I, 
And I think for me, what makes that so clear is the ending with Jughead, because you can hear the typewriter in the back, which if you want to interpret this as actually being one of Riverdale Jughead stories, you absolutely could. If you are interpreted as- this is the- the book he's been writing since season one or whatever yeah. he's been up yes. to. Yes. Like, there's know. just, it doesn't have to, like, you can take season seven as season seven or, or, um, or you could not. Like, it's, it's however you want to conceive of it is it, the interpretation likely might be right. You know, like, it's him writing his book the entire time. It's Rivervale Jughead. It's, I don't know. I can't think of anything else, but those two, like, it could be that or anything else. And I, um, and I appreciate that so much. Or it could just be, the one last time we hear Jughead's typewriter, which is a sound we've heard all season, not all season, all series. And it's just, it's gorgeous. I know like for some people it's not, but it really yeah. is gorgeous. And to add on to that, that was the first time at the very end, the last Riverdale logo we see. That's the first time we've seen the original Riverdale logo since this entire season. It's been the fifties mm-hmm. one. And then so wasn't like- it? It was red last season as well, so yeah, it makes it just make, yeah. it makes total sense that we've come full circle. Yeah, and like, so even cool. just talking about it now, I'm like wondering, like, is this Betty gets out of the car and goes into pops? Is this just her like version of the good place, like where she ends up after she passes? Is this her version of it, or is this where they all ended up, or is this just her like trying to ca- recapture that feeling of when she felt? Uh, most I guess secure in her life was that last day of senior year and being with her friends and her loves and being reunited with them is like is that her version of the good place or is this where everybody in Riverdale ends up or is it like a choice where you could because he does say if you if you're on your ride to I don't know what he says but he's like come on in yeah so I'm like can we all go to pop (laughs) they're specifically juniors too like she's they because the whole um, series finale seems to be centered on that point in your life, um, if uh, where at seventeen, if you're graduating, like you're on the precipice, like you're right there. You you haven't really left childhood, but you're about to, and everything is um, everything is just full of your life is full of your friends and your homework and your projects and the football games. And there's something so innocent and, and lovely about that and how she wants to go having lived a full life. That's what she, that's where Betty specifically wants to go. But it's also, I think the sweet year after for everybody in Riverdale is actually pops because it's the core of the town. It's even where 86 year old Betty wants to go. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they just drop her, uh, well, they don't drop her because, um, ma'am, that was I'm so sorry to Alice, her granddaughter, because that would have been traumatic to look behind and, and grandma has passed away in the back seat. But it also, I love the segue of her opening the door and now she's 17 years that old. Again. Parallel. She and, got to where she needed to end up. Oh, my God. I know. Again, I'm sorry. Y'all. I feel like if you turn your shipper goggles off and you watch the, the series finale, you have a much better time. Y'all, I've been telling you <laughs> for years to stop turning your brain on during the show. <laughs> Just let it happen to you and you'll be happier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember what I, did I say this that going back to Betty and Jughead's uh journey in this episode, they were the only two that decided to remember everything from their past lives. Did oh, I say yeah. that? No, you didn't. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. 
everybody else, Sabrina, decided to only remember the good memories. They wanted to forget everything else that they went through in season one through six that was bad. So like their attack, the Veronica killing her husband and her father, like they wanted to forget all that and just remember the good stuff. But it's revealed mm-hmm. that uh, Betty and Jughead choose to remember everything. In character. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that connects them to go on this series finale journey together. And like they have that kinship. They'll always have that bond of being the only two that have everything somewhere in their brains. Like they, they got it all. I like that. That's really nice. It felt um, right. Like when yeah. I, cause it, it was at the end of episode 19, right? Michael, where Jughead was like only two people decided to remember everything. And it, he was obviously like me. And then it was like, oh my God, who's it going to be? And like your brain's like, it could be anybody. Who is it? And it's like, oh, duh, it's Betty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it made total sense. And I feel like it bonds in the head again. So it was it was, it was, was right that he was the one with her at the end there. Um, and I know what you mean about like the whose version of the good place that it is, because didn't Jughead say that he can't speak for everyone, but he imagines Pop's ideal version yeah. of heaven or the sweet hereafter would be handy night milkshakes at Pop's. And there was a specific close up on him doing just that when Betty went in in the, in the final scene. So I guess it's supposed to be everyone. It doesn't explain why there's two Jugheads, but heck, there were two Jugheads in the main uh, Riverdale universe out in the world anyway. So whatever. But I mean, like, I uh, I loved that so much. I love it, it, the fact they're all reunited again forever and ever. I said earlier on about Nancy Drew that there are two types of series finales. I feel like Riverdale being Riverdale is the perfect one to get. It, it did both of them and Riverdale gets away with that. My God, did they earn it too? Yeah, I did. I challenge anyone moment. though to not cry at the sets when oh they go. My, when, you go when you watch the extended version, I well, will internally, admit, I, 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 did, I did internally cry. I did, it didn't get me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I felt it. I just didn't. The tears did not roll. Yeah, I'm, a, it, I'm a tough cry though. You gotta really. Ooh. You really gotta punch me in the face in my spirit to get me to cry <laughs> is that is that a challenge <laughs> i don't know it's like what we'll be watching where that happens <laughs> but no i mean i just i do think they earned it they earned yeah, uh, yeah. this finale. and i feel like watching the extended version watching it all the way through you could tell that they felt that especially in the sequence in which they were like empty set empty set empty set like it's just like they went one after the other and i was like oh yeah y'all gave us a lot you gave us a lot you better speak on it i'm like tears rolling down my face like just watching like this the empty sets because i think that say whatever you want about riverdale there is nothing like it in tv history it Mm -hmm. references a lot of things of course, because Roberto is a student of history. In fact, everyone on that team is a student of t- cinema and television history. And like if horror, you, like all and, the references, like, oof. And, but there is nothing like it. And no. uh, honestly, it couldn't have existed if the CW didn't. Yeah. Because no one else would have touched that at all. And it's just, I'm so glad the CW for 16 years of its life was the, the little weirdo on broadcast. They were the jughead. They were the jughead. (laughs) (laughs) And they took this show. And it, I mean, there's a reason why it has icon status. It's not going to be forgotten. There's no way you make a show like Riverdale in 10 years from now, people don't know what it is. It's just amazing. It it boggles my mind. It's like, I mean, I know it's not going to be for everybody. I get that. And for me, it was 
there became a point where like I loved it and I still have a deep love for it, but there became a point where it got so wild and I was like, okay, this is going to be my hour weekly, no matter what's happening in my life, it's just going to entertain me and I'm going to have fun. I might be confused. I might get frustrated, but I'm feeling something and that's exciting. And that's what I need. You, we all need that, like a bit of escapism where we do love it, but it's also like an, an unserious time. Um, and to get to an ending that was like so serious and like honoring what it achieved and like, but there's the people too that were always like, is the show still on? Or like, what's going on in that show? When you hear things out of context, and it's like, don't you want that from a television show? Don't you want a show that surprises you, that is ambitious, that takes swings? Maybe they work, maybe they don't. A lot of times they didn't fully work, but we wouldn't have gotten to this ending if it wasn't for the ambition of this creative team to be like, no, we're going to go to the, we're going to honor the source material and go to the time frame that, you know, suits these characters. And like, we're going to get them to a place where the characters that we love get to have a happy ending. Like it just, it, like, I really have not seen anything like it in this teen genre because it's a teen show, but it's also every season was unafraid to try something else on to be mm -hmm. a slasher, to be film noir, to be horror, to be camp, to be whatever the hell season seven is. <laughs> like just to do anything and make the most of their time on TV and their 137 episodes. Like that's, you can't say that they didn't do the damn thing because they, had their opportunity and they took it mm -hmm. that's you gotta commend them for that at the very uh, least definitely and people like to like head on the show and like you said is this still on but like riverdale was so clever in the most subtle of ways yes it did the most bonkers senseless things and it got on top of itself and outsmarted itself sometimes but when it wanted to be clever it really really was and in terms of popularity i liken it a little bit to glee and that it burns so so brightly, so quickly for a shorter amount of time than you would expect. And then that popularity kind of fell off. So the Glee in six seasons kind of became, oh, is that show still on? The minute it ended, it's been on streaming services. It's become something of a cult classic. People talk about it like a strange time in history. I think Riverdale Andy now is probably one of the best things that will ever happen to it because now that it is officially off the air, it's no longer, is that show still on? It'll be, remember that show? OMG, I just started Riverdale. It'll be a new journey for every single person out there. And I think that'll help it age dramatically well. And I think it'll help it research, get a bit of a resurgence so that like you said in about 10 years from now we'll all be talking about it as a wild chapter in history and can't believe that happened and everybody will have their own Riverdale stories not just the people who watch it on TV and I think that's a good thing this show will live forever in its own unique unusual kind of way and you couldn't ask for anything better from Riverdale than that I want to know what it's like to like grow up with it because obviously we are adults and we have been since it premiered <laughs> In the shows that we had growing up, we had, what, Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, whatever else was popular, which were, like, similar but different. And, like, I'm, I want to know what it because this show was so provocative and changed so many conversations and did so many things to break the mold. And I'm like, I want to know what it was like to have this as a teenager, like, what that experience is like, because it's visually and just tonally different than anything that we had that's a I question like, i don't I know. know 
I mean, like they, I'm sure it was, it's weird for, for thinking about the generation that came after us, because a lot of the TV that we watched is the TV that opened doors. So a lot of things, you know, that they've enjoyed are standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. So like when you think about like the representation in the show and um, how weird the show is and what that might like I'm sure there's nothing but there's been nothing like it so it's not like they have a reference point but I don't know to grow up with the show I feel like would be to grow up and embracing your weirdness like embrace like letting that flag fly and also being able to see um a sapphic relationship being able to see a relationship between two men multiple relationships actually not just one to see um someone's really is all the characters really explore who they are as people not just in you know how they love and who they want to love but also in how they see the world and having those opinions be validated and yes some of that was seen in the teen dramas that we saw but to a smaller extent a lot of the time um and i i don't know i feel like it would i it's probably birthed some young writers and birthed some people who were like i can do that I can do that because they could be fearless on the page because Mm -hmm. Riverdale said there's no box. You reject the box. They would check the box. Oh, yes. Beautiful. We could talk about this show and this episode for, I want to say, centuries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We could. We should not, though. (laughs) (laughs) But we could. Uh, I think I'm going to end it here. I know we were supposed to like rank, but I just feel like we should end in the light of. Um, Riverdale's neon, like neon lights. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We can rack the finales when we have time to let them set. And I think this is a perfect note to end on. Yeah. Okay. Well, this also means it's the end of in another era. You guys, not just with our Nancy Drew journey, but also with uh, Riverdale. We only have four uh cw originals from the pre-next star era left that's walker all-american all-american homecoming and superman and lois we'll see in 2024 whether or not we'll be saying goodbye to those shows as well uh but as for the cw spiral just so y'all know we have one more episode this episode right here ends our season two so this is our finale but we do have a special coming up for um, 90210, because it's an anniversary. Uh, and- <laughs> <laughs> We're celebrating the 15th this year, the big one. We're going to celebrate it every year, I fear, just because yeah. it's my favorite show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, so I decided I- we're going to watch the season two premiere. I decided we're going to start. Ooh, so if anybody okay. wants to watch along with us, we're going to watch season two premiere. It's not the 15th anniversary of that episode. But we watched the pilot last year. So, I mean, if you want the oral history on 90210 and the pilot review, I mean, go watch that or listen to that episode from last September. Um, But yeah, we're going to jump into season two because I want Serena and Michael to see when 90210 became the 90210 I love. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Excited. Excited. Very excited. And then we are going to, after that, we are going to be on hiatus for the entirety of September. You will get us back on, I check that date, October 2nd for spooky season. Yes. And we'll let you in on what our new journey is then. 
We're very excited for this new era of the CW spiral. Just to warn y'all, though, we are not watching the current CW lineup until uh, Superman and Lois comes back in next yeah. year. So until then, CW is a state of mind. It yeah. is, <laughs> but we will have our we will have CW content, of course, because there's news and some surprises that we have for you. Uh, but it's we're going back in the vault, so yeah. this should be interesting. Season three, it's going to be what we want it to be. Yes. Oh, we're pulling our Roberto. <laughs> yeah, our own Riverdale season seven. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for watching and listening, you guys. We're the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. And I'm Reed. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.